Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study that we get into every single day, only about 13 minutes or so. But you know, even that short period of time keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong in our faith. Because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps us to stay focused on our relationship with God and to maintain a more spiritual and therefore positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day, with all of its challenges. You know people in your life who need to turn things around, don't you? They need to change their focus. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them to do that by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. Can God save a crook? Well, in the first section of this particular study, last week, we went into detail showing, oh yes, God can save even a crook. But again, that was simply a representative identity of sinful lifestyles. God can save a crook. He can save a murderer. He can save an adulterer. He can save an adulteress. He can save someone all caught up in all kinds of sexual promiscuity. He can save liars and thieves. He can save violent people. He can save murderers. God can save the sinner from the guilt and condemnation of his sin as that sinner, and we're all sinners, comes to him through Jesus Christ, repenting of his sin and and confessing his faith in, in Jesus as his Lord and Savior and God's Son and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood Jesus shed on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind will cleanse that individual of the guilt of his sins or her sins. Yes, God can save a crook. God can save you as bad as you might think you are, as rough a life, as ungodly and sinful a life as you might think you have lived. God can save even you if you will come to him through Jesus Christ his way. Well, it's important that we understand. Now, a lot of people, they don't want to have to make any commitment really to God or to their Savior. They just want God's forgiveness. They want God's gift of eternal life, but they don't want to have to live the life of faithful Christianity. There's a comparison that we can make from Numbers chapter 32. As God, through Moses, led the Israelites to the promised land after they had first doubted God's ability or willingness or power to deliver that land into their hands and defeat their enemies before them, then God caused that entire adult generation from 20 years and up to die off in in the wilderness as they went in a big circle, wandering around through the wilderness. I just call it piddling in the wilderness for 40 years. And then God led their children who grew up with stronger faith into the promised land. Now, 
as they were about to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land and begin the first of the battles that would be fought to conquer that land and drive the idolatrous people out or else destroy them, the land that God had promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham, the leaders of two tribes of Israel came to Moses And those were the leaders of the tribes of Reuben and Gad. And so they came to Moses and they said, you know, what we do, our flocks, our herds, where we are right now, on the eastern bank or the eastern side of the Jordan River, this is good land for us, for our people. We would like to just have this as our inheritance instead of crossing over and getting an inheritance from that land over there that, that God has promised to all of us as a nation. And Moses said, uh, basically, what? You want to stay over here and let your brethren, the rest of the tribes, go over there and fight the battles without you? And the men of Reuben and Gad said, no, 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 that's not what we mean. Uh, give us a little bit of time. Let us establish some strongholds and some cities here and get our families in place. And then when you're ready to cross over, we'll go with you. In fact, we'll go in front, I believe the text says, and we'll fight those battles with all of our brothers and sisters, the Israelite people. And Moses says, okay, if you're going to do that, then your request can be granted. But If you do not do what you're saying you'll do, if you don't follow that commitment, then be sure your sin will find you out. Now, the application to us today, the same truth is is right there. If we do not truly dedicate our lives to God through Jesus Christ, if we do not repent of our sins... Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. In fact, he said that twice in a short, brief context of Scripture. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. If we do not repent, and repentance always comes before forgiveness, when the two terms are used in the same context of Scripture, the same immediate context, When Peter and the rest of the apostles were asked on Pentecost, what shall we do after Peter and the other apostles had preached the gospel of Christ to them? Peter responded, repent. That was the first thing he said. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, The same thing is true for us today. If we want God's forgiveness, then we must be willing to repent, and we must be we must follow through with that repentance. We must be true to that repentance. In Luke chapter thirteen and verse verse three again, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And Jesus repented, repeated that same statement that conditional statement, except you repent, you will all likewise perish, two verses later in verse 5. Well, repentance is required. And so just as Moses told the men of Reuben and Gad, if you do not 
hold true to your commitment to cross over and fight the battles with your countrymen, then be sure your sin will find you out. For us today, if we're not ready to repent, truly repent, turn away from our sin, then be sure your sin will find you out. Attitude. It cannot be one of arrogance. It has to be one of humble admission to God of the fact that I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. In Psalm 51, in verse, beginning with verse, uh, verse 1, we read this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, which is sin, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Boy, very open admission of guilt of sin and determination to repent. All sin ultimately is against God. Now, we may sin against somebody else too, but it is, it is ultimately against God. The next verse goes on and says, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Well, so what does he say? Wash me, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. We need to have that kind of humble attitude to come before our Heavenly Father and ask for his forgiveness. Again, literally, the idea of repentance is a change of mind that is understood to include a change of behavior. You cannot say, well, I repent and then just keep on doing the sinful things that you've been doing that you supposedly repented of. That's not repentance. That's just uttering words. But you have to change your mind. And that has to lead to a change of lifestyle. And only thereby can you expect then to be able to receive the forgiveness as you're baptized into Christ for that purpose, or as you come to God in prayer and seek his forgiveness, after already having come to him through Jesus Christ, and then maybe slipping back. You see, the alien sinner, the person who has never yet truly become a Christian, he needs forgiveness through baptism into Christ. The Christian who slips back into sinful practices needs forgiveness again through prayer in the name of Christ to the Heavenly Father. You can be forgiven if you truly repent. And if you truly seek that forgiveness, God's way. But that repentance is key. That repentance is key. And without it, be sure your sins will find you out. Because again, bottom line, the wages of sin is death but God offers you eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. The choice, it's a no-brainer, but you have to make up your mind. You really do. 
Let's stop and pray, and next time we'll come and finish up this study. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and how we need all of those blessings on an ongoing basis from you, Father, in our lives. And people all over the world need to come to recognize they need your mercy, your love, your grace, so that we can be forgiven and stand justified before you through Christ. As he shed that, his blood on that cross on our behalf, help us to humble ourselves before you and seek your forgiveness and then make up our minds to live faithfully before you, obediently for the rest of our lives. Please guide us in this, Father. We pray for souls. We pray for our souls, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.